oh, here comes Deeks and Quicks. Even that you pass with a pod. Cast, uh oh. <laughs> Break it down, uh oh. Get it in your ears now, fast. Quicks, Deeks, cast, pods. Uh. Welcome back to Two in the Basement, a Dead by Daylight podcast. I am your host, Deeks, and I do have my other co-host with me this week, Mr. Easy Quicks. Welcome him on back, everybody. Say hello, Quicksy. Hey, guys. I'm back. Finally, he's back. We've got him. We've managed to snatch him up, and uh, we're ready to talk all things Resident Evil chapter in Dead by Daylight. How's um how's your how's everything going? It's been good, mate. Glad glad to be back. Exciting things to talk about today. Especially the Resident Evil chapter, which has been out for a few weeks now. But we haven't had a chance to chat about it, so No, we haven't. We're going in blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got some thoughts some thoughts down, but uh yeah, we haven't really talked about it much with each other, so we are excited for not only you guys to hear our thoughts, but um uh, to share our thoughts with each other, so uh, I will crack straight into it. What what's your what's your overall thoughts? Nalopa uh, and I talked about the upcoming chapter and our thoughts. Um, you said you had a bit of a listen there. What's your thoughts going into the chapter now? Pretty positive. I'm I'm a fan of all the content that they've created. It's a cool map. Um, Red Nemesis is a really fun killer to play. I enjoy playing him, and some survivors with some with some great perks. So overall. I'm pretty positive about it. How about yourself? I'm pretty much the same. Uh, I have actually played quite a bit of Killer uh, as I did a, a Killer challenge recently, but I was playing a lot of Nemesis and overall, I think quite balanced. The stuff that we talked about, Nalopa and I, in the podcast previously, zombies have been an effect on the game, but also... Not a huge, huge effect. Uh, the survivor perks have actually been quite cool and fun to use and go up against. Uh, new challenges that come come about with the things like the blast mine and the flashbang, having to react quickly to those kind of things. Uh, overall, I think Nemesis as a killer is quite balanced. Actually, slowly as it has gone on, uh, leaning towards the actual weaker side, actually a, a weaker side of things. Uh, when you're going up against, you know, very very solid survivors, but uh, we've got some, um, we've got plenty of time to to figure him out and and get really really good with him, or you know, hopefully the um, the devs will help out if he is, uh, you know, at that lower lower kind of tier like Trickster was when Trickster came out. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I think Nemesis is is a fairly easy killer to pick up, in my opinion. I've played a few games with him, only a handful, not not a crazy amount, but from the from the games I played, he's he's fun to play. His power is pretty cool. Um, you get value out of it, unlike Trickster. You get rewarded for it. Zombies, they're they're very unique. I think they're a cool thing. Survivors obviously can like work go around them pretty easy, but they're just there. I've definitely found the indoor maps are uh, more difficult to deal with the zombies. Yeah, rather than the outdoor maps. Hundred percent. Um, I think he's he's fun to verse as well. Like he can have some really fun chases with him. Overall, pretty positive about him. That's the really important thing with a new killer. Being fun to play and fun to verse is the hardest thing for the game developers to implement into the game. Uh, a lot of the time, you're going to find if a killer's really, really fun to play, most of the time, 
the survivors are going to not have fun against the killer because if the killer is fun to play, usually it means that they're strong. And if they're strong, then they're going to be beating survivors quite regularly and uh, most survivors probably won't have that much fun if that's happening. Uh, but I actually think he's quite fun to to go against. As time has gone on, as we said, he has gotten a little a little on the um, the less fun side as people learn the best way to play Nemesis, you know, uh, basically baiting out pallets and just running through pallets, waiting for a survivor to uh, basically either greed the pallet and then you get a free hit or they throw the pallet down and you can just hit them with your tentacles. So uh, it's getting a little bit to that point where sometimes you feel like when Pyramid Head first came out, you felt like you had no... Uh, you felt like you had no counter because you were running a loot and he would just hit you through a wall and you were like, well, how, how? what am I meant to do there? But as time went on, we kind of, as a community and as players, we figured out the ways to combat the um, the M2 power of Pyramid Head. Do you kind of agree there? Yeah, like his power, he does have a, does have some counter to it. Given that it's going to take you three, three tentacle strikes to down him, like on that first strike... You get a little sp- a little sprint burst where you can use to like get quite a bit of distance on Nemesis. So and as soon as you use the vaccine, you he's got to hit you again if he wants to down you with these tentacle strikes. So definitely some counterplay to him, hundred percent. The um the tentacle strike was something that was interesting to me because I was definitely taking advantage of that, um, forcing similar as a Billy when you force him to M one you instead of using yep. the chainsaw. Um, forcing the nemesis to M1 you, injure you, and then forcing them into another point where they had to whip you with the tentacle, and then you getting that that speed boost to actually go away to a stronger area. Yeah, like I found most nemesis is they they're just mouse oneing, like mouse two when they like vault a window or something, or you're not going to be able to mouse one. But yeah, I think mouse like lots of lots of nemesis is running like say the best for last, getting those stacks, getting that recovery. And using the tentacle strike, like when you can't get the mouse one, and you can also use that on zombies as well to tear up. So as soon as you hit tier two, you can break pallets. Then tier three, you get that extra little distance, which is it's pretty major. It's like an extra meter, I think. Um, it is, yeah, it goes from range. five to six meters. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable, like that extra meter for the range. I do love that he gets more powerful over time. Uh, I think we've written that down here. Uh, you know, going from being a basic tier one and then being able to break pallets and then on your tier three getting that that extra meter of of tentacle strike uh you know at a window or a pallet or just in the open can really really help you can kind of drag it along and hit survivors out in the open yeah it is quite easy to dodge in the open but i've noticed with the power that like you can you can mouse to and then you can drag your mouse to the left or right a little bit and kind of get like a little swing action yeah so if you miss them initially you move the mouse left to right and it can kind of like slide and hit the survivor. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I have it, noticed it definitely that has, playing Nemesis. Yeah, it definitely has like a, a weird sideways uh, hitbox that can that can hit people. Like you can use that to your advantage as killer if if um, survivors, survivors like run into it. Yeah, exactly right. And um, as you mentioned, the zombies, I, when I, when we talked about, when Nalope and I talked about the zombies and what they were like a lot of the a lot of the maps we went across we went against the zombies sorry were indoor maps so we were making an opinion forming an opinion on a very 
a very like small sample size of games. I have played many, many games now, both as Killer and Survivor, against Nemesis and as Nemesis, and the zombies are proving far, far less of a pain than initially thought. Uh, they do provide a bit of um, slowdown on the gen sometimes. They push you off a generator and then uh, that can actually stop you repairing it and then the killer can find you. Uh, same with a bit of hook pressure, which the hook pressure thing is a bit uh, a bit less liked by the community. The gen thing you can kind of deal with, but free hooks against <laughs> a hook is uh, is not the best thing in the game. Yeah, because I, I found a few times when I was hooked and there was a zombie like right in front of me and there was a player trying to get the save. And they couldn't really get the save because the zombie was right in front of me. So <laughs> there wasn't much they could do there. And Nemesis was also also coming back for the hook as well. So we're kind of yeah, like... especially if it's endgame as well. Yeah. And everyone's used the... If you've used all your vaccines, you you actually don't have a way to get out of the contamination and you're forced to go to a save because there's a timer on that save and there's a zombie right there. You're simply just going to go down or you just leave that person on a dying hook. But you can't even do like a trade because the zombie will hit you before you even finish the saving animations. So, yeah, and you both die um, in the end. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I thought potentially they could introduce just a zone. Uh, it would be hard to do because if there was an invisible wall, like a zone uh, around the hook, it would have to be uh, like a, a collision thing where they just, the zombie collides into it and like bounces off essentially and then keeps walking. Otherwise, the zombies would just keep walking into like this invisible wall uh, around the hook and get stuck. As it is, the zombies get quite stuck. Have you <laughs> run into yeah. lots of zombies that are just walking to walls? And... I've seen a few, especially playing killer. Like you see a, a zombie like in the corner of the map, just just walking in like a straight yeah. line, just like not even moving. Like the animation's walking, but they're not even moving. So um, I just you just punch him with Nemesis, just punch him, and then he respawns the zombie. So. Uh, that's actually a good tactic. Uh, a lot of people I noticed that weren't weren't really doing that when uh, Nemesis first came out. I something I discovered to to do quite quite early on uh, was to if my zombie was in an area where no where I knew no one was, uh, you can tentacle strike it to you know tear up a little bit more, or you can just punch it and it respawns somewhere else. So things once once you kill the zombie, I'm pretty sure it respawns in about thirty seconds. Yeah, I think it's a bit. That's about that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty quick. So if if there's a zombie like in the corner of the map or an area with like no gens, you can just kill the zombie with your tentacle strike or punch the zombie, and then it'll respawn. Hopefully in an area where it it'll be useful, like near gens or survivors or something like that. Yeah, and looking out for those attack, uh, the attack animation that the zombie has when they outstretch their arms. Yeah, that's pretty uh, handy. Noticing that they're near, that's actually a subtle. You know, subtle uh, bit of info there to show you that they're near somebody, uh, which is another thing that a lot of people were ignoring, I think. I mean, myself included when uh, first came out, but definitely something to look for if you're going to be playing Nemesis quite often, making sure that you're looking for the zombies walking with their arms out and, you know, ready to attack someone or paying attention to where they are. Yeah. Did you end up getting adept with... um? I know I try and go for adepts um, when they, the new killer comes out pretty much straight away. I think it released about 1am or something in the morning. And then I think I got installed about 2am 2, 2 in the morning. And then uh, I was like, why not? Let's just go for the adepts. And I got I got in my first game, actually. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah, the first game. So I was, I was really happy to get it done. <laughs> it's one of those things. I think like, it took me like three games. So. <laughs> like, I love going for achievements like that. And 
to get in the first game is, is really i was really happy with it he, he has been such a breath of fresh air into the game very very unique uh gameplay with the zombies and the uh you know the tearing up of the of the tentacle and the reach actually getting longer and being able to break pallets. Similar to we have it, you know, noted here that a combination of Pyramid Head and um, Demogorgon somewhat using you know that tentacle to break the pallets is and is quite strong. And plus, like a Myers aspect, how you can like you can tear up. You got three different tiers. I, I like that. It's like a a combination of like three different kills put into one. It's really nice. Yep, exactly right. There was a couple of things that we had touched on. We're pretty much just talking about Nemesis and then we can move on to the survivors as well. Basically, what we might be able to... Well, not ourselves, but what the devs might be able to actually change in terms of the things like you said, the weaknesses. Taking three hits with a tentacle strike, that extra sprint burst. There's been you know, talk amongst the community of taking away that initial sprint burst uh, upon contamination because you don't get a uh, sprint burst when plague contaminates you and starts making you sick or when you become sick with plague you don't get a sprint burst do you when you change from uh when you change from sick to broken i don't think yeah, you get a sprint no, burst no anything. sprint burst no sprint burst there so the distance is just free, it's just free distance and uh if you actually find a survivor at the start of the game in and then they take you to a loop and then you only just get an infection in and they run away and then you switch to another survivor they just go and use the vaccine and you've essentially that entire chase was for nothing. Yeah, it'd, it'd be like plague using like vomiting on somebody and then as soon as you vomit on them, they get a sprint burst. It's pretty much yep. like how Nemesis is working right now. And plus if survivors use a vaccine, like if if you, if you use the, the fountains against plague, plague gets, gets her power pretty much. She gets the corrupt purge. But if survivors use vaccine, the killer doesn't get anything for it and... Obviously, there's a limited amount of vaccines, but yeah, the killer doesn't get anything for that. Yeah, four vaccines. So the, the four vaccines, they can go quite quickly or sometimes I've seen survivors basically play the whole game contaminated and just do the gens quite optimally, which is something, that, again, most killers suffer from, but Nemesis also suffers from. Uh, if you have an optimal team, they're going to do all of the generators before you can... Uh, get enough pressure to start snowballing the game in your favor. Yeah, so what I like to see with Nemesis, like for the devs to change, is on that first tentacle strike, that survivors don't get a sprint burst. I think that'd be super handy because then, because most players right now, they're just using mouse one, get, say, the best flash stacks, roll out the game like that. But if you take away that sprint burst, it'll it'll encourage killers to want to use your tentacle strike and tear up get to tier two, get to tier three, break pallets, get extended range. I think it'll be healthier for Nemesis. I've definitely been in many games where there's one gen left and you get that extremely loud notification that Nemesis has hit tier three and you're kind of tilting your head thinking it's taken four gens to get your your power and your power isn't even like the tier three. You know, it's it's one meter of extra of extra reach but it's not like when you lose four gens in your myers and then you get tier three and you have infinite tier three and you can just walk around and one shot everyone or you can snowball your power it's it's not it's a very small uh a small difference uh, and like a small i guess gain 
but you've already lost four gens at that point. So definitely encouraging survivors to use their uh, their tentacle more would be great. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I think really healthy, really healthy introduction to the game. Killers and survivors like playing as him and against him alike. He is starting to suffer from something that I like to call the Deathslinger effect. So when Deathslinger first came out, I think I mentioned this before uh, on the podcast, but when uh, when Deathslinger came into the game, people were like first person, you know, shooter vibes. Uh, this is great, being able to use a, a weapon and shoot people from a distance and reel them in. And survivors were like, yeah, it's cool. You know, you get to dodge the um, the spear and everything. And then the longer it went on, the more the Deathlingers started to just use their power to zone survivors similar to Huntress, not actually even shoot the survivors, just hold M2 aiming down the gun, push the survivor into a weak area, and then shoot them or just M1 them and get a free uh, get a free hit on them. And then people started... The the love for Deathlinger went downhill very quickly. Yeah, because I, I still enjoy Deathlinger, but there's not too many who, who like versing them now compared to when I was at launch. Because at launch... Everyone likes new killers. They're fun to play, fun to verse. But as time goes on, people learn how to play killers like really well. Like Deathslinger, for example, you zone survivors and there's not much, not a whole lot of counterplay to that. And then people just not a huge fan of versing them. Hopefully this doesn't happen to Nemesis. I don't think it will. Because I think Nemesis is pretty fun to verse, personally. I've versed them a few times. Like fun chases, fun to verse. Yeah, well, I guess happy. speaking of the um, speaking of fun, like fun against the killer, have you you were playing uh, mostly Survivor in your last couple of streams? Did you get a chance to muck around with any of the the newer perks uh, from the new Survivors? I think uh, I used Leon the and Jill. I think I used the flashbang once with the adept, and yep. I didn't really know how to use it. I crafted it, I crafted <laughs> it in the locker. I got it, and then I tried to use it. And it's, <laughs> I just missed the killer completely, so. <laughs> <laughs> it does take some timing. It's not exactly the same as a... Uh, like a firecracker or something. A, a flashlight. Uh, you do... And because most of the time when you drop a flashbang, you're not looking... You're not really looking at the killer. You're probably running away from the killer and pre-dropping it. So, uh, it is very it is very interesting. I, have, I think I've got one successful uh, flashbang. The main perk for me, I've seen a lot of people using... And uh, I haven't really used much myself. Is Blast Mine the one that blinds the killer? Yes, I have noticed that. Especially with killer, I was just I kick a gen, I would get bloody blinded. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it happened a few, happened a few times. It's so bright as yeah. well, and it feels like it goes on forever. the The Blast Mine is is one of those cheeky ones. I've seen a couple of cheeky plays where a gen is, you know, pretty much ninety nine done, and the killer kicks it with Blast Mine, and then the survivor jumps on the gen potentially out of view of the killer if it's like a three-person gen or something and the killer goes to kick the gen and is thinking why can't i kick this gen and then bang the gen pops right in front of their face <laughs> and the survivors just cheekily popped back on there uh so that, that's there's definitely some interesting plays i've seen some fun uh flashbang head-on plays where you know head on the killer drop a flat wait till they're pretty much recovered from the head-on drop your flashbang and then run away <laughs> blind them uh, and then, you know, one of your other friends is in a locker, bang, head on the killer. So there's definitely some bullying going on with those, yeah. <laughs> uh, with those perks. Uh, I've also started to see a bit of usage of, um, uh, is it called resurgence? I don't know if it's called resurgence. 
Resurgence? Uh, uh, I don't think it's called that. Is that when you get the, unhooked, um, you got 50% heal? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I, I don't mind that perk. It's honestly pretty decent. So when you get unhooked, or if you unhook yourself, you gain 50% to your healing. So yep. I, it's really handy. I've used it a couple of times, and the, so then the survivor can heal you in, in eight seconds, pretty much. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen that being used more and more now. It just and I've noticed that when I was playing killer, I was seeing people get off the hook and just be healed, especially if you have like we'll make it or something like that. You, they were just healed in four seconds, and you were like, "What? How?" Especially with a med kit like that, it was almost instant. And I was trying to think like how are these survivors healing so fast but end game you know you see that they're running there's three of them running that perk and it makes starts to make sense but i uh haven't seen the uh what's the the leon perk the rookie spirit the rookie one spirits. where it highlights the aura of regressing generators i have not seen many people running that yeah, that I was not too useful i don't not think be, <laughs> not be running that what other perks do they have they got bite the bullet is one of Leon's yeah, perks. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of usage of that um, uh, when someone runs up to me and starts healing me and all of a sudden I stop making noise. It can actually be quite yeah. helpful. So when when, you, when healing, you make you make no noise, uh, no grunts of pain, and if you miss skill checks, you do not trigger loud no noise notification. Pretty yeah, decent. super, super helpful. So you could like you could, you could start healing and then... And the only way the killer would notice is if they're running nurses calling or if they see you. If they don't see you, you make no noise. It's yep. pretty handy. I've had a killer run past us when doing the healing because obviously making no noise and uh, the person missed the skill check right, right, right as the killer ran past. <laughs> and, uh, no, you know, no notification. So they just waltzed on by without without even seeing us. Last one is Counterforce. Have you used that one yet? With for Myself, chill? haven't. I probably should because... Every survivor and their dog are out there using Counterforce. <laughs> it's super strong. It's one of the strongest perks in the game. Uh, not only the new perks, but just in 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 general. Why do Why do you it think is, it's one of the better um, perks? It it just totems don't exist with that with that perk on. Especially it's... if you are running multiple. If multiple people are running that, uh, for every totem that you cleanse, it shows you the furthest totem away. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the huge part of it. So, start of the game, you can usually find a pretty easy totem. Sometimes they're right in front of you. Some there's you know the very common totem spawns where you'll find you know you know you'll find it in a, a TNL or you find it in shack next to the shack pallet or something like that. You cleanse that one, and then as soon as you cleanse that, it shows you one that's further away. Uh, every time you cleanse one, you I believe you cleanse twenty uh, percent faster. The next time you cleanse a totem as well. I've got to use this perk. Oh, stackable as well. Yep. 20% stackable. That's pretty insane, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. So after you've cleansed four totems, uh, the last totem you cleanse, I believe, will be like 80% speed. So you'll cleanse wow. it so, so fast. i got to use this perk, especially for that for those archive challenges where you've got to cleanse like 15 totems. I've got yep, to equip amazing. this perk. I didn't realize... Combine that with small game, you can... Uh, you can try and try and figure out. You can figure out exactly how many totems have been cleansed if your teammates are cleansing them as well. Yeah, because that's got the it's, counter, doesn't it? The totem counter. Yep, exactly right. Small so game. It's, the the good thing about counter force is that there has been so many 
there are so many totem like hex perks in the game in the game currently and i'm sure they'll come out there'll be more and more coming out eventually as well so yeah totems have been pretty non-existent uh as as of late if there is a survivor running that and you you notice the survivors running it especially if you're playing survivor because you'll watch uh one survivor cleanse a totem and they'll just beeline <laughs> straight to a, another area on the map so on that on the note of totems we've also got the survivor totems coming out soon yeah the boon totems the boon, boon totems boon b-o-o-n i believe so that'll be interesting when that rolls out so that's going to be a survivor perk i believe is it the boon totems? Well, we were actually talking uh myself and my stream were talking about that the other day about what boon totems possibly could be because a hex totem is a really strong perk but the downside is that it can be cleansed and then it's nothing so we were trying to think okay what's a really strong survivor perk that you can put in the game that won't break the game if it's not cleansed because let's be honest if ruin doesn't get cleansed it doesn't break the game it makes doing gens harder but it's it's not impossible no not at all devour is one of those ones where if you don't cleanse devour uh, depending on how many gens are left you're probably going to lose the game but what can you put can you put in there for a survivor we were thinking okay so you equip a a boon totem and that totem gives you 10 percent faster gen progression 10 <laughs> percent, <laughs> or you know we're just we're just coming up with a random number yeah, but with totems they're very strong perks so exactly i mean it has to be strong but it also Killers are already struggling now. Killers are struggling against good teams. Killers are struggling against even medium, like, you know, mediocre teams. You're going to add an extra thing the killer now has to do to go... Do the killer have to go just smash the totem? Yep. So, what we were talking about this. So, survivors load into a match. What The very, very core of the game, the survivors need to complete five generators and open an exit gate and escape or use a key and open the hatch and get out. When a killer loads in, they have to make sure that they uh, are protecting their generators and to stop the survivors completing their generators. But they also have to juggle that with getting looped by a survivor for a long time, making sure, making sure that they're trying to, you know, in most cases, play as fairly as possible, not going after the same person over and over again. Uh, you know, making sure to uh, refill their power if it's Huntress or Trickster, something like that. Uh, balancing where the generators are on the map as well, making sure that you, if you can or if you have to, you know, forcing a three gen or something like that. Whereas the survivors are just running around repairing generators and maybe doing a totem if it inconveniences them. So you're going to add a boon totem in now where the killer has to run around and also be like, okay, well, I got to protect the gens now. I got to check on my hex totems. I got to chase some survivors. I got to down them. I got to hook them. But now I also have to go and search out and find a boon totem. Plus, you're going to break uh, the walls, break the breakable walls, <laughs> kick them yeah, down exactly. as well. There's a lot to do as a killer if they're adding boon totems in. So, yeah. Well, do you have any idea? Like, is there like just a off the top of your head kind of idea that you can think of potentially that you could throw um, on a boon totem that's not that's not too strong? But it like, has to be strong. I don't know. Maybe like 20% faster heals or something like that. <sighs> yeah. I'm, but I'm not thing, too the, sure. Uh, the, the only thing is, right, so... A a killer totem, a killer hex totem will always affect the game. Well, sorry, it won't always affect the game, but 
a kill a, a hex totem like ruin will always affect the game because killers uh, sorry survivors have to do generators to escape whereas if you have 20 percent extra healing and you go against a killer that's not that great and they don't hit anyone for the entire game then you've essentially wasted an yeah, entire perk. True. you could say the same for noed if the survivors cleanse all the totems and then they complete all the gens and then you have the hex no one escapes death and it doesn't go off at the end then you've basically wasted a perk uh, and you can't balance around you know teams being bad or killers being bad and that kind of thing it's just it's something yeah we were talking about on stream trying to figure out what exactly a boon totem would involve yeah because it has to be like a brand new perk pretty much so it wouldn't be anything like similar to other perks i don't i don't know what they would like use what they could come up with i'm not too well, sure we had some people maybe saying potentially they do uh you were saying you know it has to be a brand new perk that they do actually scrap a perk like delete a perk and make yeah, it a they, hex they could re- they could rework perks or something yeah like they that. could do that like rework perks into boon totems. That'd be interesting. Like you could take the one that you said, we'll make it at uh, war healing speed. We could take we'll make it and then it becomes boon, we'll make it. I don't know what they're going to be called, but it could become a, t- a hex, oh, sorry, a boon totem and you get 200% extra healing speed as long as that totem's up. But as soon as it's gone, then, you know, you don't you have that it. effect anymore. Yeah. So... I mean, that's the only. I, I, it can't be to do with gens. I just feel like it. It cannot. Nah, the way that killers struggle now, it cannot be. And myself included, I was playing. You know, I did a killer challenge recently, as I said before, and I definitely there was games where I struggled against teams that were just really, really efficient. Uh, so I don't think that introducing a a boon totem that affects gens, like I was saying, uh, is very good. Would be very good for the game, unless they make like prove thyself into a boon totem. That could be something they could do potentially. It's so, so interesting though, because it's a, um, it's an actual character. All the, I guess the hexes are, um, you know, from Hag and and things like that. So they're actually existing. The, the hex totems do come from uh, killers in the game. So yeah, you could you could rework the perks, but I don't think they will rework them. I think they will just uh, make just brand new ones make new ones but it will be very very interesting i hope i don't know when they'll be coming i think they said the th- maybe by the end of 2021 they were talking about having brune totems yes, in the game so they're now saying in the fifth year anniversary live stream so yep. i'd say within like the next year we should have it potentially by the end of this year well yeah i can say for sure we'll definitely have it by the end of by at some point in the next year but yeah i was hoping I think they said maybe second or third quarter. So potentially by the end of this year, if not, it'll be early-ish next year, which will be really exciting. That'll be a whole nother... It's something, whole new, nother... something like brand new to the game that we haven't really seen a survivor like Hexburg pretty much. We pretty much just have to hope that the um, the game is staying as, as healthy as it is at this point. Uh, leading on to that, there is just with the Resident Evil chapter coming out, I believe when... Uh, you and I, Quixie, when we heard about the Resident Evil release, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast as well. And I believe I was saying that I, I thought that the player base was going to potentially tri- uh, double, if not you know close to triple in size. And we did actually get some numbers recently that um, during the fifth anniversary event and the Resident Evil 
chapter release, then it's um, DVD actually released its, sorry, sorry, reached its peak number of players ever in five years. That's insane. Uh, it just it exploded. 100, 108,000 active players at one time. I think it was concurrent. They were all playing at the same time. Was that for Steam? That was, uh, I believe those stats were for uh, Steam. I don't think they had console and everything included in that. And I've been told that you can account about 30% of the player base for console. So you can imagine that's upwards of, you know, it's upwards of 100,000 players for a game that's five years old, which is That is huge. Like there's a very big console player base, which you don't know. We don't have the numbers for that. So I'd imagine the numbers for console would be even bigger than that. So if the game can can keep this momentum and and keep introducing new players and really trying to teach in the game, they've introduced a new tutorial system lately. So there's bot games and there's things to keep people coming back and staying in the game. So if that happens, then you know we're going to see these boom totems come in and we're going to see more and more new cool mechanics come in to keep the game fresh, which at the end of the day, people have been playing this game for five years. It's been, it's changed. I watched a video on the 2016 Dead by Daylight. It's a lot different, it is isn't it? It's <laughs> changed exponentially from then till now. Anytime a, a survivor or killer complains about the game, I just want to link them a video of the video, 2016 yeah. <laughs> DVD and say, this is what it used to be like. Just have a look at the loops. <laughs> There's no but win, no it, blocks, no nothing. Yeah, exactly. But you can't compare because they weren't playing the game back then. They're playing it now. They want the game to be, you know, a certain way now because they're playing the game now, which is completely understandable. But I yeah, I think they're they're doing the right things. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with the Resident Evil chapter? I guess um, we can talk about the map probably. Yeah, uh, the is map. one of the things Raccoon um, City. we should touch on first. Very cool map. If you're a Resident Evil fan, I'm sure you'd know your way around. I'm still a bit clueless on the new map because I never played the games. But aesthetically, it looks great. Um, functionality for DVD, probably not there, given that it's made for a completely different game and they've brought it straight in. So I'd like to see them... Obviously, it's already created, so I wouldn't mind seeing them like split it up in half because it's a pretty big map, given that there's two levels and it's very hard to navigate around. Um, I saw three some people... Three levels, yeah. <laughs> three levels. I saw some ideas for um, making, like, splitting it in half, having, like, an east and west wing, which I think that'd be interesting if they do something like that with the new map, which they could because the map's already made. They could have, like, two different versions, like an east and west wing, and just move the gens around and maybe add a little bit outside. I'm not too sure. How about yourself? I like that idea when you uh, brought it up before the pod uh, recording, talking about splitting it up uh, into similar things, <clears throat> and we don't have a map that's currently got some um, like a split split up map of the same map, but we do have different variations. You know, your Badham and uh, Badham variations are the, probably the ones that you would kind of base it off because the um, the corn, you know, the the cornfields one, they're actually different map. Like they have different layouts and like different structures different and, stuff. and things. Yeah. Whereas the Badham one is just similar like they have all the same buildings but all in different areas just diff- so just like a different layout of all the same stuff yeah so the the east wing west wing thing i kind of i kind of like that idea it makes it gives an extra map uh it, it's probably not likely because this is a licensed chapter yeah, that is true and they've got deals that they would have had with 
uh, I think it's is it Capcom. I always forget the the um the people that own the license to Resident Evil. So if they say, "Hey, we're going to keep you map in the game, but we're going to split in half," I don't I don't know how well that conversation yeah, goes down. Yeah, because with license stuff, they usually get license for one thing and they can't change it. Exactly, and they they tell you, well, we don't know this, but our thoughts are that they would tell them to say this needs to be like this and it has to remain like this i'm imagining that the um the once the license is there and the monies are exchanged they probably don't care that much about what happens in the game as long as it's in the game so maybe uh it could it could happen but at the very least they're fixing some things, some issues with the map. Uh, there was crash, some crashes. The map actually got disabled within the first hour of the uh, chapter coming out. Yeah, I think uh, I, pl- I think I funny. played like I played like two games and then it got deleted, got disabled. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to actually get a couple games in before it got disabled. Yeah, I got one. I got I got one <laughs> game in. I remember, and um, it actually only just recently. I think it was in the last week or maybe last two weeks. It only just got re re enabled. So. It's um it was gone for the first couple of weeks of yeah. the, the chapter release, which is not a good look. It's not ideal. Them. It's not ideal. <laughs> but overall, the map is it is beautiful, as you said. It's it's aesthetically pleasing. There's some really cool. If you jumped into that map in a custom game and you were a Resident Evil fan, and then you just went in exploring, you would have the time of your life. There's lots of little Easter eggs and uh, really cool little things hidden around the map that would make a, a Resident Evil fan's heart sing. Uh, but overall, as you said, gameplay-wise, it's really, really tough. It's about the same size as um, the Red Forest map you were saying. Which yeah, it take, takes the same the amount of time to walk game. across as a Red Forest. It's a pretty big yeah. map. Like, like actual size is not as big, but because there's so many like different doorways and stuff, to actually navigate through the map, it takes the yeah. same amount of time. There's so many dead ends. There's so many. Uh, there's there's so many areas that you run into and you think you're gonna be able to get away, and then you you run into a dead end or you run into the the unsafest pallet in the game. Or sorry, the most unsafe pallet in the game, where the killer can literally take one step either side and hit you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of those <clears throat> in that map. I did actually find out there are. I heard that there was three. Uh, there's three different potential door spawns for the for the exit gates and i actually confirmed that the other day because i was playing and the door spawned in a different space that i'd never seen it uh spawn before That's so cool. i thought that was quite interesting yeah, to have nice. three potential different but only because it's uh you know a, a map like that is very deliberate in the way they have certain set areas for the exit gates whereas when you play on a you know on like a mcmillan kind of map the, the the whole outside of the map just looks exactly the same with the you know the brick walls that it has around it so you can just kind of slot an exit gate pretty much anywhere on that yeah so now we've got the fifth year anniversary event which has been going on for about two weeks i believe and it has been extended to july 22nd so exciting times there's cakes there's crowns there's confetti there's new flashlights new toolboxes New cosmetics, a few codes as well for um, I think it's David cosmetic and a Wraith cosmetic. So you'd be pretty happy with it with the Wraith cosmetic, I'd imagine. It looks so nice. I'm biased, but I really, really like it. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm going to be running it uh, pretty consistently now. It looks really, really nice altogether, but it actually 
I'm a bit of a a bit of a cosmetic uh, person where I uh, like to, as in I like to put my, you know, make really cool uh, mix and matches of cosmetics. So I'm looking forward to finding some cool combos with uh, with the new fifth anniversary stuff. Even with David, I've managed to find some uh, some pretty cool combos. But yeah, they've done really really well. The only thing I don't like is David's hair. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not a huge fan with that one. It's not that great. But the fifth anniversary has been really, really fun. It went from the announcement of, you know, the next roadmap and everything that we talked about uh, previously on the uh, on the podcast, I believe. We talked about all the, the hype from that fifth anniversary event and everything. And then we finally, at the start of July, got the the anniversary event with the cakes, as you mentioned. The big cake offerings for the blood point gains, which is everyone's been excited about, and the crowns. So the crowns are a repeat of the fourth year anniversary. So Survivor, you need to load into the match, uh, find the crown and escape with it, and then Killer, you just need to collect the crown and finish the trial. Uh, have you got all your crowns? Yes, I was on the crown hunt. A lot of fun. I think it took me about what, three three days, I think. So... Killer and Survivor, all done. All done, mate. All done yourself. You're a, you're a better man than I. I have um, <laughs> I just went for survivor ones and called it a day. It's, it's honestly it's a fun challenge to go for. It's pretty exciting. Like I know it's just a crown, but like you want to collect them all. It just brings back like childhood a, stuff. Um, <laughs> I was just doing everything. A uh, a like a crown, a crown's escape streak kind of on stream. Yeah. Trying to get as many crowns as possible without dying. <laughs> uh, I think I managed to get like ten in a row or something like that before. That's pretty good. Um, losing a survivor, so um, damn, that <laughs> was a lot of fun. That's but ten escapes. There was in obviously, a row. there's obviously killers that are being a little bit more generous because they're wanting to try and let people get their their crowns and and uh, vice versa. You know, picking up their crowns and taking away those free cosmetics. The um, the other main thing as well. The blood point gains. So I've actually managed to almost. Uh, I think I've almost. Well, I have all my survivors at some P three, Prestige three level fifty, and I think I have ten of them now with all perks. And I think at the start of this event, I had three or four. <laughs> Damn, that's so, a good effort. Making the most of it. Yeah, you have to. And um, for anyone that hears this before the event's over, stop hoarding cakes. Just use the cakes. <laughs> use the cakes. They're there to be used. <laughs> Please stop hoarding them. <laughs> like you might as well use them because everyone, because they were stuck. Everyone's using them right now. You get if you use five, it's about five hundred percent plus the extra five for each one. Um, just use them. Just stack. use them until the event is over, and then you can hoard all the ones that you've got at the end of the event. You're gonna get them. You're gonna be getting cakes regardless every time you put points in the blood web. So use those cakes. <laughs> you, you get at least like two or three cakes per blood web. So you might as well just use them. Because you're going to be earning more blood points just from playing. And then you can use that to get more cakes. Uh, my question for you about the anniversary event and you the cakes in in uh, particular. Do you prefer or have you been around in the game when they have a blood hunt versus a the cakes? So a blood hunt is when at a base level, the points uh, your blood points are 1.5 times or you're two times blood two points. yep. And I have, you don't have to have any cakes or anything like that. I have played through that event. Um, hasn't been one for a while, actually. I think the last one was a Blood Rush. I think it was yeah, like the end blood of... Blood Hunt, Blood Rush. Yeah, end exactly of last right. year. 
Um, it does lead to some interesting games. Pe plenty of people want to farm during those events do to you, make the most of the blood points. Do you prefer... Do you, do you have a preference? Because I think I prefer the blood rush events without the cakes because only for things like this when survivors at the end of the game, obviously four survivors, there's going to be more cakes lost. If the killer doesn't bring one, it's not the end of the world. If four survivors bring one, at least that's four. I've, I'm finding that... I would prefer to have the... I might not get as many points because it might only be two times, but having that consistently every game rather than... I've had games where I've been the only person to bring a cake. Yeah, me too. Like, obviously, and... it's more consistent if it's a blood rush. You're guaranteed, like, 2x blood points, which is pretty nice. Obviously, yeah. cakes, you can you have potential to get, like, 5x blood points. Yeah, exactly. If everybody brings one. Um, plus, you also get the offering as well, but you have to actually search and claim them and use the offering. So it's a bit more work to get them, but I I, prefer, I like both, to be honest. I don't mind. As long um, as there's some things... sort of event on. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The other thing was there was a little bit of pushback at the start of the fifth anniversary event because Behaviour themselves actually stated that they would be putting more effort into big events like this more meaningful events in terms of you know anniversary events and the big you know the big events that they have they were saying that they were going to be putting more effort in and this fifth anniversary event is just a reskin of last year's is it actually okay it's uh it's well the crowns are a little bit different uh, i don't know if you noticed but in your inventory all of your anniversary any anniversary items you had last year automatically just turned into they were what? called fourth anniversary items, but now they're just called anniversary items. Do they change? The cakes. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, that. so if you had um, any toolboxes or flashlights, they said, I believe they said fourth year anniversary, and then they've now all been changed to just anniversary, except for okay. obviously the cakes. So um, all the Halloween stuff and everything stayed the same, if you've got any stuff from back then. But yeah, there was some pushback from the community just basically saying, well... You said you were going to put a lot of effort into the event. Uh, back in the day, if people don't remember, you used to get little tokens from each game and you could spend those tokens to unlock in-game cosmetics, similar to the ones that we got this time around for, you know, for David and Wraith. But um, we just had to collect crowns as a community to unlock those. So it wasn't completely, a completely you know, cosmetic... Um, dry, but yeah, people were definitely hoping that they were going to be. I don't know what more effort they can what they can put in, like what more they can kind of do with it. But um, I noticed that there was a, a bit of a bit of pushback with that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like a, a currency because remember the Halloween, remember the blighted event, the Halloween one, yep. where yeah, like you could yeah. get those, get that currency, and you could redeem that and get skins, cosmetics. Yeah, exactly I wish they right. did something like that for this. For this event, maybe maybe in the future one. So you earn currency just for playing, I guess. And the more games you get, the more currency you get, and you can redeem that to, to uh, get some skins. I think that'd be an extra step they could do for the future future events. Yeah, and, and Rocket League do that. So when they bring out like a, a Christmas event for Rocket League, they give you a currency that you get a small bit of currency at the end of every game, and they have a little currency store where you can purchase some cool items. And then if you've purchased all the items and the event's still on and you're still getting that currency, there's actually a, a thing there where you can 
spend a certain amount of currency and unlock you get like a certain amount of xp or something and then that xp can unlock you crates and things like that so you could even do that in dvd when you've unlocked all the cosmetics a certain amount of currency gives you 50,000 blood points or 100,000 blood points so it rewards per people it rewards people that you know put a put a decent amount of hours into the game but you can also still get the cosmetics just yeah, by pl- playing the game yeah plus it keeps them going keeps them going if 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 they keep getting rewarded they'll, they'll keep playing the game yeah exactly right that's um carrot on a stick <laughs> just just keep coming back i guess um the last thing cuz the 5th anniversary event there's not too much to to talk about it's pretty straightforward uh the other thing that we had noticed and i guess the community had also noticed is the difference in play when an event is on to when an event is not on so I noticed this, but a lot of my viewers and a lot of the community that I've talked to and interacted with noticed that they've there's more camping hooks than ever than they've seen in a long time. Uh, there is more uh, complaints of farming killers. You know, I don't like loading into a match where the killer just wants to instantly farm because I just want to play a regular game and get points that way. Um, what do you, I mean? What are your thoughts? Do you think have you did you see like a an active change in uh like changing gameplay or anything yeah there's definitely a few games where killers they want to farm but in the end farming is no fun for anyone it's just boring gameplay um yep. especially when you're streaming like people want to watch you play i don't get why people want to farm obviously you're going to get you're going to get blood points either way like if you play the game normally you probably get more blood points than farming um but for most of the games they've been Pretty pretty standard to be honest. Obviously, I haven't been okay. playing a whole lot in comparison to like yourself, but yeah, yeah. For the most part, I definitely they've been okay. Definitely was seeing a, a bit more, uh, like I guess I hate even saying the word usually, but tunnel, like, you know, going for the same survivor on off hook just to kill them out of the game and and make sure they get no points. Or um, I have I have been noticing that with a few of my few of my chat who play with me. Yeah, just getting and guess then, to get in tunneled all the time. It's very DCing, the, the, the killer DCing instantly out of the game to try and make you lose your cakes and things like that. A lot of killers, this is another thing that isn't like a huge problem gameplay-wise, but it's it's seen an increase of Franklin's demise as well, that the, the uh, perk that makes you drop your items. So a lot of killers going into the match uh, with the intention of making survivors potentially drop their anniversary items and lose oh, them. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, that's just you don't see that much Franklin's during a non-event time, but it definitely has increased through the event time. That could be because there's been a change to the perk where, you know, it takes it doesn't um, the, the item doesn't disappear. It actually just drains the item, or I feel like I think it's more of the more of the they want people to uh, to drop because there are people out there in the world that um, just want to watch the world burn and. <laughs> they <Yep. laughs> they want to they they want to punish people for trying to enjoy a fun event. Um, the other thing we can touch on the last thing for the fifth anniversary event. Uh, if you want to touch on the um, the killer or the survive whichever one you want to do, there's some stats that DVD released for us to have a look at for this event. Yes, um, I'll go through I'll go through the the killer ones first. Yeah, yeah so sure thing. Got a few stats that we can discuss. We got. The most played killer in the game is Wraith. So you'd be pretty happy with that one, I'd imagine. Surprising, Wraithy. but um, I'm happy with it. Big buffs 
to Wraith in the past uh, month or two. So it's not as surprising, but still interesting to see uh, him up there. He is a blood point machine though, and um, he's pretty easy to play. So Obviously, he's one of the original three, so everyone starts with him. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why he's up there, especially with newer players. They see this bloke, Wraith. Uh, let's go play him. Um, yep. He's a fun killer, definitely with the buffs. He's pretty enjoyable to play. Pretty decent. And in second spot is Huntress, which is probably about, about right, because Huntress is pretty common. People love yep. throwing hatchets. Huntress is a really fun killer to play. Um, and in third spot, it's pretty interesting, the third spot. We've got Doctor. Doctor's the third most played killer in the game. I do find it interesting that it's a non... Uh, it's a non... Uh, like base character from the game from the uh, from the base game from when the characters are like free characters that are released I believe I believe Doctor is free on PlayStation oh, there so you that go. could be a reason why he's he's played quite a bit also there was the the free 9000 iridescent shards during the start of this event so that was encouraging people to go out and try a new killer try a new survivor try and mix it up a little bit so potentially Maybe they saw Doctor as a, you know, a bit of a blood point machine like Wraith or people who were just holding out hoping to try some Doctor or he's just quite common on other on, on other servers and we don't see much of him in our region. Mm, definitely. And we've got the three most popular killer perks, which is no surprise. The first one is barbecue and chili. It's one if of, anyone uh... guessed that wrong, I suggest that you turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no please don't stay so that's one of Bubba's perks you get 100% extra blood points if you hook every single survivor very nice perk you get to see um, once you hook somebody you see people's auras with it beyond 40 meters which is pretty pretty damn good perk it's pretty common I use it myself just to get loads of blood points especially when the event's on getting the extra blood points is always always handy um, second spot Hex Ruin no surprise there either. Everybody, every every, everybody <laughs> loves gen regression. Every, every game, game. you almost see it. Um, and in third spot is Hex. No one escapes death. Also, I haven't really noticed one a whole lot. Maybe in the lower ranks, you see Noah a bit, a bit more. I think with Counterforce, maybe we haven't seen the effects of um, Hex. No one escapes death. Plus, it is but, it um, is one of those perks that is free. With the other two, you have to actually get the teachable perks. So maybe in the lower yep. ranks, Noed's one of the better perks to use because you don't exactly really need right. to level up anybody. So yep. Agreed. Yeah, could be, for sure. Did you want to go over the survivor stats? Now the survivor ones are, are quite funny because uh, the two of the survivors here are two of the survivors that cop the most flack in the game. The number one most played survivor is Claudette. <laughs> the old rank 20 bush Claudette blend it. Whatever you want to blendies. call this uh, this fine uh, lady, but um, yeah, Claudette obviously being a uh, a base survivor as well that comes with the game, uh, quite a quite decent perks in terms of self care, botany knowledge, empathy. Um, is it empathy? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, when you being prestige, you to... get a sick outfit. Yeah, the prestige three very well <laughs> that you blend in the environment. <laughs> Uh, the second most played survivor being a Meghead <laughs> or Meg. Uh, very interesting again. Another survivor that cops a lot of flack. Uh, sprint Burst, obviously quite a good perk for 
uh, for Meg, Quick and Quiet, uh, Adrenaline as well. Very solid so, perks on Meg. She's got very good perks. Uh, also, again, another base character. Uh, and then Feng is actually the third most played spy, which I would say surprised me, but it doesn't because the amount of bunny things that I see out there, yes, uh, <laughs> it, um, it doesn't surprise me. We also have uh, the 9,000 again, the 9,000 iridescent shards that um, were given out, you know, encouraging people to try new killers uh, and survivors. So potentially Feng is a very... Uh, Feng is a very... I guess the nicest way, noob friendly. She has very noob friendly perks. So she has technician, which will take away the loud explosions for skill checks being missed. Uh, she has lithe, which will, you know, make you run basically sprint burst whenever you volta pallet or jump through a window. Um, so you know they're pretty they're pretty good perks for when you're learning the game. They can get you out of dodge pretty quick, but the technician one's pretty good also to to stop those skill checks. Uh, now my personal favorite, the happier, the thing that makes me even happier than Wraith being the most played killer, the most popular survivor perks. Number one is self care. <laughs> <laughs> that perk coughs a bit of flack, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, being a self care main, I absolutely love that this perk is on. Actually, all three of the perks that I run in my regular build are one, two, and three. So I find that quite interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm very meta, obviously. But yeah, self-care is the high... Obviously, with Claudette being the most played survivor, self-care being, I think, her first teachable that you unlock. Uh, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the second perk that's most been used is Borrow Time. Again, it's this Borrow Time is just a, a real no-brainer to use with the amount of killers that have been playing less than ideally for the event. Uh, running borrow time is is never a bad thing. Being able to, uh, you know, save someone basically for free off the hook. Have you seen a lot of a borrow time as well? Yeah, it's very very good perk. And also with the buffs that came out probably a few probably a while ago, with the uh, counters like Freddy and all the stealthy killers, how it's just default default borrow time. If you unhook somebody, they can't get hit for twelve seconds. I believe they get a spin burst if they do. Yeah, um, exactly right. It's a free, it's a free um, safe unhook. It, the the amount of time that you have borrowed time for, is the amount of is more than the amount of time that you need to get a safe unhook rescue. So, as long as the person doesn't jump into a locker and get grabbed or vault through a window and get grabbed or something, then you get a, a safe unhook no matter what. Uh, and then obviously the third perk, again another perk that makes me very happy <laughs> to see up there, is uh, Deadard. So. Good old David King and his dead hard. Dead harding for distance. Dead harding to the pallet. Dead harding to the vault. Whatever you want to call dead it. Dead harding to the killer. Uh, <laughs> dead harding into the killer. Exhausted on the ground. Uh, that is a, a no-brainer as well. <laughs> the pain of getting exhausted on the ground. Yep. So. That is just... <laughs> that ever is since, just dead hard in a nutshell. Ever since dedicated service got introduced, dead hard, exhausted on the ground, it became a thing. Yep. Exactly. You 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 get more usage out of it by yeeting yourself a little bit on the ground when you get when you get down than you do actually moving and um and using the perk to avoid yeah. the killer's hit. Obviously, but so, great, yeah, very interesting to to hear those three. Self care is still does interest me. I mean, I know Claudette being the most played survivor, it makes sense. Borrow time and dead heart are, are quite common, but self care don't. I actually don't see a lot of self care. As you said, Quixie, you can. Self care itself cops a bit of 
flack, but also self-care users tend to cop a bit of flack as well. Yeah. Just the way that people use it is just, they don't use it properly. Like they heal in a corner, in the corner of the map, they self-care. The killer has a nurse's calling. They see them. They go down. That's pretty much the yep. gist of it. <laughs> so yeah, I think- in terms of those perks, it would be nice to see a different mix-up of perks, but there's always going to be barbecue and chili, you know, for a killer. It's just a no-brainer to use for blood points, especially with the bit of info we get as well. And um, Ruin and Noed, I don't think that will change uh, unless something stronger comes out. It gives the killers the best chance of, of getting, you know, four kills or winning the game, whatever you, um, whatever you consider winning the game. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. love to see a shake-up in the meta. I'd love to see a shake-up. That all comes to, like, just just the core game. Like, there needs to be, like, a starting a starting thing where survivors just, I don't know, can't do gens for 30 seconds or whatever. Just to prevent people just bringing the same gen regression perks every game. And same, yeah, same survivor true. as well. Something that um, um, a lot of people probably don't know or realize is that the, the tome actually has a big effect on yeah it does the the meta of the game when the the tome challenges first come out if there's a tome challenge for killer to be running devour hope you'll see a lot of devour hope if there's a a tome challenge for running red herring or like head on or something (laughs) like that then you're going to be seeing a lot of head on and everything so yeah that unfortunately it's a small it has a really big impact for a very small amount of time and then you have uh, you have survivors going for totems and stuff and like not doing gens. So it does impact like when you're playing survivor, you're wondering what your team's doing. They're all going for the for the archive challenges. Yeah. Cleansing totems. Exactly right. But it gives killers a better chance at, you know, potentially going beating a stronger team. Yeah, definitely. So it is a good shake up. I just kinda wish it had more of an impact on the meta going, you know, past that first week. Usually people complete their challenges quite quickly. Uh, but I guess yeah, that is um Pretty much all we had to touch on with the the stats and the fifth anniversary, uh, everything kind of covering under that. We we do want to go straight into the mid chapter update, which is coming just under two. It's in, in just under two weeks or a week and a half. Uh, Quixie, you want to yeet us straight into that and um, let us know what's happening there. Yeah. So the main thing that they're changing is Trickster. Trickster is getting some changes again. Um, <laughs> again, yes. So only been out for about three months or five months, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, he's already getting changes. We've also got a Strider nerf, which is pretty huge, especially for Spirit players. And also, the other major thing is the hit detection with like getting hit through pallets, and also the grabs. So there's a few things. Not a huge patch, but uh, there's some an impactful one. Yes, an impactful one, hundred percent. So with Trickster, the main thing he's getting changed is the laceration has gone down gone down from eight to six. So the amount of knives it takes to injure a survivor is now six knives. So pretty huge. Obviously, most most Trickster players did use the USB stick add-on. So it was seven. Um, but now it's default is going down to six. So I didn't play the PTB. I've seen some gameplay of it and it does seem to make a difference that one extra knife, one one less knife, does make a difference. Have you did you play the PTB? No, I didn't bother with the PTB this time, but I can definitely tell we're going to see a lot more tricksters. I'm even tempted to give tricks for another another go. 
well, a real go considering I think I've played like three games with uh, Tricky Boy. But it'll make a big difference. Taking, uh, you know, from eight to from eight to six, though sometimes you, as a trickster, you get stuck with with one knife just waiting. They they get to a really strong area. They get to shack or something like that, or you know, you just they just get out of reach, and you've got that one knife left, and it's so it's very it's super frustrating. But yeah, to, and we- to cut it down by two now, you know, you're gonna be um, you're gonna it cuts down the time. Not only does it you injure the person faster, it cu- it's you know doing that is cutting down the time for the survivor to make it somewhere uh, safe. Yeah, and with that with that buff, there's also some changes to the laceration decay. So usually, once you get with a knife, it uh takes twenty seconds, and then it starts to go down. Now that's getting changed to ten seconds. So it's cut in half. So if you hit hit somebody with a knife. In 10 seconds time, it starts to regress down. So you can't really, you can't really split pressure as much as you could before, which wasn't a whole lot. So it's going to kind of force um, killers to kind of like have tunnel vision and focus on one player at a time. So not a whole lot of map pressure there. Uh, I um I was having a bit of a conversation about this again in stream, and I um I had my community some a few people telling me that. They think that this change is more impactful than taking the knives down from eight to six, and they think that the fact that you are reducing the decay by half to start from to ten seconds instead of twenty, you are basically it's not going to matter that the trickster only needs to hit six knives instead of eight because if you aren't in a complete dead zone, which you would normally get downed by a trickster anyway. If you're in an area where you can make it to a pallet or, you know, a vault or somewhere where you can defend yourself, if you don't get hit for that 10 seconds, you'll get your, um, your laceration is going to start decaying anyway. So it was an interesting thought. I don't think that, I don't quite agree with that. I think that the, the knives being changed down to six is a big enough change that the laceration, uh, you know, decay starting earlier isn't going to be a huge issue but it was just interesting to hear some thoughts from some other people um, potentially saying that it was going to nullify that change yeah so they're also um changing the main event so now you get i believe it's what is it 30 seconds window 30 second window so once you hit your, you hit your main event once you throw enough knives into survivors you reach your ultimate ability your main event you get 30 second window instead of 10 so before you only had 10 seconds to use it so you're kind of limited to like when you could use it now you got an extra 20 seconds which is pretty huge gives you a bit more time gets gives you like a lot more time actually to like like pick and choose when to use it plus that also means um you're gonna have it's gonna the charge up's gonna be quicker i believe i think it's one second it takes to charge up before it took like i think it was two seconds Half a second is it? Okay. Yeah, it's hard. It's 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 one whole. Yeah, well, it's one whole second that's changed down from one point five seconds. So it's half a second to activate now. Yeah, so it takes half a second now to activate. So the window, like there between, because the the idea before was to like not use it, just keep using your knives. But now the charge up is less, 
takes less time to do, you're more encouraged to use your main event. However, the big thing, another thing that people were saying will impact and kind of nullify this is that it takes 30 knives to be able to activate your main event now. Uh, previously, I think it was, twi- it was 20 or 20, yep. um, something like that. So basically, I've heard some uh, people talking about how you're going to be using your main event less frequently, but you're going to be able to use it. Uh, you're going to be able to hold it for longer. And that was my, that, that right there, I said to them, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And they're saying, no, 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 that's a bad thing. I think quality over quantity in terms of his main event power, if you can get, if you can have a really successful main event power and you can take out one one person and then end up finding another person potentially or get some knives into someone else at least, then that is a huge, that's huge for you because you can hold it longer uh, it doesn't matter if it takes that that little bit extra to to you know act to activate it or get it to be ready to be activated. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, because when I when I played Trickster before these changes, um, you felt limited to when you can use your main event. Most of the time, like like you um you're probably already down somebody. You got ten seconds to use it. You're not going to find somebody in ten seconds. Let's let's be honest. The extra yep. uh, twenty seconds. Probably allows you to talk, hook that player and still have time to, for to use your main event, which I think is super nice. And like you said, even though it takes ten extra knives to activate it, you're going to be able to actually like pick and choose when to use it and actually get some value out of it. So I'm 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 a fan of that change. To be honest, well, if you think about it this way, it's changed from eight to six knives. So if you play perfectly and you hit six knives into someone, injure them, and then hit six knives into someone else that's 12 knives. And then if you do that to another survivor, that's 24. And then if you'd injure another survivor, that's uh, that's your main event active. So that's that's two survivors down and one survivor injured before you can even get your main event. It seems, that seems like a lot, but you have to remember that survivors now are going to be decaying quicker or more quickly. So the knives are going to be uh, having less effect on them after that 10 seconds. So you're going to be putting more knives into people than just those six knives a lot of the time. So your main event is actually, it's going to, I feel like it's going to balance itself out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But it remains to be seen. Wait, like, you know, anything can happen. It could be terrible or it, it could be, you could see no one ever gets their main event because it just and fades it- away and... And this is the PTB, so it is subject to change when, when the live exactly. version comes out. Yep. Uh, also, some of the add-ons are getting changed and probably won't go through them. Nothing too... The, the biggest one that we can touch on is the Melodious Murder. So that's the USB add-on uh, that, as you said, used to reduce the number of knives uh, to injure, but leaving <laughs> leaving it at six and then reducing it from six would be a bit too strong because it would bring it down to like four, four or five. So Yeah, four four um, knives. It's better than Huntress now. <laughs> yeah. So they've reworked that add-on to give it an increased reload speed at lockers. So they've basically killed that add-on, yeah. um, which is a bit sad because... Majority of Trixes did use that add-on. Yeah, that one, you can and... just use Iron Maiden if you want quick reloads. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you don't want to use Iron Maiden, maybe maybe we'll run it, but probably uh, probably not. Um, the iridescent photo card is actually one that will 
probably see um, a little bit more usage now that there's only six knives to hit. Uh, if when a survivor is two or fewer blades away from the maximum, they become exposed. So if you get a survivor, if you put four knives into a survivor, they're exposed with that add-on. Could be pretty nasty that add-on. Yep. If you throw so four if- knives into somebody, then get an insert down. Yep. Pretty, so, pretty and it, you have ten seconds for that for those knives to start to, for that exposed status to start to go away because you know it'll it'll decay. So, and uh, with that, I think that's actually potentially stronger than that. Yeah, but with that, you're still 110 percent movement speed, so you're not only 10 percent faster than survivors. So that that is something to be taken into consideration there. But if you now, how many times? Well, maybe not that often, but you get trapped in a corner by a killer or they trap you you know they get you yeah. in a really really bad spot just pop 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 four knives swing you're down that's when you're gonna get some really good value out of that add-on for sure yep exactly. but the one I'm, one I'm more interested in is death throws compilation so when you use your main event when it ends you get all your knives are replenished so you theoretically if you, you if you use your main event enough you don't really have to use lockers mm-hmm. so that's true I think that's going to be very common with trickster players using that add-on. If you use Death Rose compilation and then the one that gives you 75 knives, if you are hitting your knives accurately enough, you will never need to reload. And that's that's a lot of time saved. It's like it's pretty much Huntress just not having to reload kind of it's pretty huge just that extra bit of time like you don't have to don't have to reload. Um, uh, my other favorite thing with his um uh sorry with his um changes is the perk the perk changes so uh there is another add-on that extends the duration of main event every time you hit of someone with a blade during main event i feel like it's a little bit memey it it might not work that often because uh you know you're probably gonna end up downing someone and then usually no one's nearby because you're moving quite slowly you're not really gonna get chance to hit someone but if you do manage to just randomly throw a knife somewhere and hit someone it is going to still extend that main event so there is potential for you to literally snowball an entire team if they are really really close together so that would be that might be quite funny to see uh but the other yeah the perks um the crowd the crowd control so hex no windows is with hex crowd control or hex no windows as we like to call it uh that's being extended i think to uh, 14 seconds now a window gets blocked every time you fast vault through it uh, as a survivor so not a not a huge thing not many killers are out there using that it's going um, to it'll have, have it's going to 20 seconds at tier 3 now it was oh, 14 seconds now oh, it's it going to 20 14. seconds yeah so if you I think that perk's probably most used on like Leatherface or Billy where you got the one shot down um, pretty much if they Thanks, vault the window and, and, uh, and bamboozle you know, pretty yeah, good combo. Just completely just delete windows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, try and get that one shot down. I think that might could be pretty useful. Crowd control on dying on uh one of those two killers could be pretty handy. Yep, crowd control on dying, barbecue and uh bamboozle. <laughs> Say goodbye to <laughs> <Easy>. windows. <laughs> it's just gonna be use of the power that you can, pretty much. But yeah, my personal favorite one is no way so no way out. So this perk is the perk that gave the doors basically the corrupt intervention effect where you weren't able to repair them. 
Oh, sorry, repair them. You weren't able open to them. open the doors <laughs> <laughs> at the uh, at the end of the the match. Base time was twelve seconds, and then for each individual survivor, so a token like you get with barbecue, it was an extra twelve seconds at tier three. So big potential to block the door for a long time, but most of the time the survive the killer probably has someone on hook when the last gen gets done. Survivors are rallying to try and heal and go save that person, or one person's running to a door. You don't. A lot of the time, no way out would trigger, and you wouldn't even see it because by the time you actually get to the door, you it's gone. Like the effect is gone. I reckon with no way out, you could run that with uh, "Remember Me." Yep, and that could be pretty nasty. And no ed. So as soon as the gens get done, the uh, the gates are blocked. And even if even when the gates are unblocked, it's still going to take you a long time to open them. Plus, the killer's going to have no ed. So I reckon those three perks combined could be a pretty nasty endgame build. But the thing is now, Quixie, with the updated perk, this perk is only going to activate and turn on when a survivor interacts with an exit gate for the first time. For the first so, time, okay. Uh, if you now spend time saving a survivor, uh, getting... You know, getting a totem, getting no ed or something like that. And then you go, okay, we're pretty much ready to go to the exit gate. Someone's running the killer around. Let's go open the gates. You go to unlock you go to unlock that gate, bang, the no way out starts. So then that sixty seconds starts. Damn. So it's that gonna... <laughs> and then if you have remember me, then the sixty seconds starts, blocks the door, and then it takes forever to open the door. So it can be at the, an end game build is huge with with. It's going to be a nightmare if you reverse that. that. So, yeah, it's going to happen, and I'm definitely probably you know I'm probably going to try it out. But twelve seconds as a base, and then twelve seconds per survivor hooked. That's a total of five, basically five tokens. So sixty seconds. And remember me, it's going to stop the doors being opened for a, for a long time. Yeah. So. And remember, it's not until it's interacted. So you could be running around for for two minutes before you actually finally go to a door. And then as soon as you tap that door, bang, no way out triggers. So I think that's going to be such a such a fun perk to, to see in use and, and see how people handle that. Like I think people want to just like tap the tap the gate just to see if they have that. Like It'll have to, be, that'll have to, that'll have be, to become a thing. Yeah, yeah that'll be the strat now. Like as soon as yep. the gens are done, tap the gate, check if they got no way out. If not, it's fine. If they do, you get rid of it as soon as possible. Yep, exactly right. No more ninety nine in gates. We just tap them one percent gates and, and hope <laughs> there's no ninety. Hope there's yeah. no uh, no way out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that? the other thing that you're excited for is um the the Strider nerf. Yes. So so Strider is getting a nerf. So the changing. Changing sounds all together with Iron Will. So instead of like Iron Will making you 100% less quiet, it's going to be like a multiplier. So Strider makes it, I think, was it, it was 50%, 50% more, but now it's a yep. multiplier. So it's zero multiplied by 50% is still zero. So Iron Will will pretty much counter Strider, which is Correct. honestly a pretty huge nerf for Strider. Honestly, I think they should just rework Strider completely. My opinion. How's that? Because I don't think you're gonna get much value out of it. Because I'm will still. It's a pretty meta perk, and if people are running that, people run Strider. I think that should just completely change it to something else. 
I I do I do agree. Like obviously, Iron Will is quite a meta perk, but I don't see it enough to. Well, I do see it, but you know, Spirit. I don't think <laughs> I think no no. Iron Will, sorry. Like oh. I still think Strider is going to have a really big effect because the the one of the biggest things about it is you also if you're not running Iron Will you don't actually hear yourself, which is one of the best yes. things that, that's actually changed now, is you don't hear yourself being louder. So I think this is both a good thing and a bad thing because I like to know how loud my survivor is because I like to know I'll be sitting within the killer's you know, terror radius or quite close to the killer and I'll be healing or doing something and I need I want to know how loud I am because I, I need to know, okay, if I was the killer and I was this distance away, would I be able to hear this survivor? Now with the strider change, you're going to be able to just sit. You're going to sound normal. It's not when the you know David or Bill's not going to be yelling in your ears when they're injured with strider, but the killer will hear you louder. So, so you, it's a you bit won't, deceptive. You won't know that the killer's running strider. It's going to be exactly. one of those. You won't be able to predict if they got it. Unlike like a ruin or something, you can see the totem with strider. Yep. You're not going to know at all. Yep, you won't know until the end of the game. So. Very, very interesting change, which is why I think even if you have Iron Will, you're not going to know. The yeah, only that's person true. that's going to know, the killer is the only person that's going to know if you have Iron Will because they're not going to, you know, they're not going to hear you. You're still going to make no noise. So, but it yes. is, it's so good, isn't it? It's such, it's such a, a welcome change. Yeah. So people who use Strider and Spirit, I use Strider myself. It's honestly. <laughs> It's super handy, especially when like you're chatting and streaming, just having the extra volume. Also, it's yep. pretty handy. Um, I've never know, used it before. Spirits people, spirit players will have to learn how to like look for look for grass, look for little footsteps, and stuff like that. Look for blood. Just you can still, it's still going to be like good spirits out there. Just people who use stride are, are going to like suffer a little bit. That's the thing we were talking about this and. The the top of the top spirits, it's not really going to affect because they're already good at playing spirit. But this is going to affect the the mid tier to like you know, the lower to mid tier spirits who rely on Strider to be able to hear survivors overpowering Iron Will. They're just going to get completely lost now, and they're going to potentially have to actually put some more effort into learning to getting better at the killer. I'll just play a different killer completely. Yep, <laughs> Someone they, probably do it that. It might happen. Yeah, <laughs> be less spirits out there. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. All of the thing is, it's you know, spirit is just one of those as killers that uh people kind of you know feel like they can't actually practice against and learn to play better against. Uh, at the end of the day, you can you can definitely get better against every single killer. So uh, maybe less spirits will mean that people get even worse at playing against spirit uh, because then they won't be practicing playing against them anymore. But True. it's definitely a welcome change for sure. Especially the, as I said, my favorite part of it, cause I don't run iron will is the fact that I don't, I'm not going to have to hear my survivor screaming in my ear when they're, when they're injured uh, for a long time. <laughs> and yeah, definitely just constantly grunting in pain. Uh, the question is, does spirit have counterplay? What do you think? Oh, that is um that is a huge a, debate. It's <laughs> definitely a topic that um I actually have a a whole nother episode document ready for that. Oh, do you really? For us to for us to go over with that one. Yep. So okay. I don't want to get into that too much because Ooh. without we'll that is a whole then. like that is a whole long episode to to go over. 
Okay, sweet. We'll leave it for that for that episode in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's a pretty big debate in the in the community if Spirit does have counterplay. It's the mainly the difference between counterplay and outplay, which is the two things that I've uh, I want to go over at and um at some point, and I want to dedicate an episode basically to going over because there is a difference between counterplay and outplay in terms of uh, killers and survivors outplaying and uh, you know there being a counterplay to a killer. Uh, so I think it will be a really interesting chat to go. I'll show you the um, the document after we record this and we can we can definitely get that out as soon as possible yeah keen to have a chat about that like what your thoughts on all all this the, uh, i've got stuff. lots of thoughts so get excited so do i <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the last thing you want to chat about that um the hit detection um and the best diagrams we've ever seen in uh dead by daylight ever released <laughs> if you if you uh if you saw the diagram if you saw the diagrams i did see it just... They were pretty atrocious. <laughs> so basically, with the um, well, Quixie has a quick look at that. They're changing the way that um, hit detection through pallets work, and also with um, with grabs. So the main thing with grabs is you see your killer's outstretched hand ready to grab the survivor when they're on a gen or off uh, a hook save or something like that. And then all of a sudden your hand gets ripped back into your body, survivor runs away, and you get absolutely nothing for it. Uh, they are now basically going to have uh, an event in-game where if you go to grab someone and you get rejected for the grab, you will automatically swing your weapon and get a, a free basic hit on the uh, on the survivor, and it will count as a grab as well. So you'll get the grab points if you're doing a challenge that says interrupt or grab survivors, It'll count towards that challenge, uh, but you'll just only get an M1. So it's not it's not a, a full fix, and it, they did say it was a Band-Aid fix uh, until they can work something, uh, a more elegant solution out. Uh, but this means that you can complete challenges that you potentially were struggling with, and also you will be getting um, the, the grab points. It's, a, it's very different to getting a free down by grabbing someone. But at least they're trying. So my my um my motto if you've listened to this before is at least they're trying. <laughs> yeah, if the, if, the, the, if the devs try, then I'm happy with I'm happy that they try. I'm just hoping that they do it. So on the killer screen, if the killer says a hit, are they gonna get rejected if survivors throw the pallet on their screen first? I reckon that's gonna be frustrating the if you're pallet a ones are gonna be interesting. Did you wanna um I mean if you if if you can make sense of the diagram, <laughs> did you want to um, like go over the palette changes? Okay, so the diagram is a bit interesting. So I'm pretty sure. Should we go to the palette one? Yeah, the grab um, one I basically explained anyway. So yeah, so when the survivor interacts with the palette on their screen, they throw the palette, then the server reads that. And if the server reads that first before the killer hit swings and hits. I believe the pallet will take priority and the killer won't get a hit. I believe that's how it works. It's all about how the server reads it. Whatever, whatever the server like sees first is what's going to happen. Yep, exactly right. But the one I'm super happy about is the grabs. Like if the killer grabs and you know how, how grabs are right now, it does, they just don't work. I like it how it's going to force a swing so you still get an injure. I'm really happy about that. They're not it, just going to get it rejected. Is good, but it's still quite frustrating that yeah. you can get a grab and 
Well, at least you won't get round. rejected though, and you completely get zero, get nothing out of it. So basically, with the pallets, they're aiming to address getting hit through a pallet. So latency is the big thing that makes makes you get hit through a pallet. So you see yourself throw the pallet before you get hit, and the killer sees yourself. The killer sees them hitting you before the pallet's dropped. So what they're trying to do is basically uh, change that. So uh, the server will become the judge, as you said. So it gets sent to the server, and if it receives the thing first, then um, it receives a stun first, then you'll um, get stunned. If it receives the hit first, you'll get hit. There'll still be hits through pallets. Um, it'll still happen, but the server valid the hit validation is basically the same as the one that we have now, the rollback. So if anyone's ever seen the rollback, it's super, super strange. Happens on Huntress quite a fair bit where you throw a hatchet and you hear it hit the person and you see it hit the person, you see the blood and you don't get anything funny. You don't get anything for it. I had a billy game the other day and I downed somebody with my chainsaw and they didn't go down. They just kept running. Oh, on screen, really? On my screen, I chainsawed straight through them and then they just kept running. I didn't realize wow. at the time. I was like, yes, got them down. Kept running to somebody else and then they're still up. So oh I don't know if, that, if that'll get addressed. Because I'd say that'd be the similar situation. I'm not too sure. I think that's just Billy and then hit validation. The hit yeah. validation will just get better. It's happened to me in the past though with Leatherface. It's all the chainsaw killers. And yep. same with Huntress. Like on your screen, you see the injure or the down and... The rollback, they, yeah. They, they, just kept, they just keep running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if they scream. Yeah, um, the scream and then you're like, is that a dead hard? And then you're like, okay, they're dead hearted. And then you chase after them and then they dead hard. And you're like, hang on, they already used it. <laughs> they already <laughs> used their dead hard. That's pretty much everything um, that's coming in the mid-chapter update, though. Obviously, mid-chapter patch comes and then we'll probably hear about a um, a new killer in the next in the you know in the next coming month as well because they like to try and hype that up. Uh, it's I think it's already been a month since the Resident Evil chapters out, so. Mid chapter comes out end of July, and then by the end of um, by the end of August, we'll, I will be hearing about a new killer and a new survivor. So uh, that's going to be super interesting. There is a, a couple other things that we just small things that we wanted to touch on. We've been chatting for um, like almost an hour or over an hour and a half now, so we should probably um, start to wrap it up. We've obviously got the shrine to go through as well. So um, did you want to quickly touch on? One thing that has been quite um, quite an issue, the DC penalty that we've... Uh, or the lack thereof. DC penalty, yes. Yeah, so that is turned off right now. And on my stream during the week, um, I noticed it quite a bit. Like the DC is like people... There's no penalty, so there's no punishment for it. Um, well, it does is, go honestly, hand in hand because the console with the console issues that are happening at the moment uh, and the crashes from the new... Resident Evil map and everything. Basically, to sum it up shortly, console are having... The console... Uh, old generation consoles are having really, really bad frame drops and to the point where their games are crashing or like just force quitting or freezing or whatever it might be. So it was happening happening enough that they turned the DC penalty off because uh, it was people were just getting punished for the... Uh, the devs not optimizing the game properly on the old gens. They really need to optimize the last gen because, like, I've seen some gameplay of it, and when survivors dead hard or when the killer gets their power or something, it just freezes for a second, and then it plays, and then everything just 
it just doesn't run well on console at all right now. So hopefully they optimize that in the future. But the DC it- penalty has been has had such a huge effect on the game since it's been turned off. I have had, as I've touched on a few times, I did a um, a killer challenge where I tried to get as many blood points as I could in one week, and I played only killer for that whole entire week. I had survivors DCing because they, just like you were talking to me about before, we um, we click record. Survivors didn't like twins, they DC. Survivor doesn't like paying spirit, they DC. Uh, Survivor gets hooked in pretty fast in the game, they they DC. They DC. So it's it's just one of those things where it's you could pick and choose. You're just getting to pick and choose which which games you play, and that's not that's not Dead by Daylight like that. You it's a random game. Yeah, because what is that? Twenty three killers. You shouldn't have to like choose your killers. Like if you don't like a killer, you shouldn't just be able to DC and not get punished for it. Because it kind of it just destroys that game. One thing they could do, I'd love to see, is if a survivor disconnects, a bot comes into play. Because I know the bots in the uh, like the practice mode. I'd love to see something like that. Because I know, uh, have you played the bot mode? Yeah, I did. Um, we and I, I actually agree that we might start to see that potentially if people DC, we might get some. Um, Even just some like a substitute, coming. which is a bot. Like they do gens, they're, they're not bad. They're honestly not bad. I did play killer against them, and they somewhat kind of they can kind of loop. To be honest. They are better than some solo, some players I've come up against in solo and, queue. <laughs> and they do gens. <laughs> they do gens. Yeah. So I'd love to see that come into the game. Obviously, that's coming in, in the practice mode. I think there's a couple more coming out, like more tutorials, I believe, is coming out. Yeah, uh, they're that's releasing. right. They're going to be more in-depth and helping, I think, hopefully with like exposed status and those kind of things that people that don't really get explained other than just in plain text in the uh, in the menus. Um, I think in, t- in terms of DC penalty, though, both killers and survivors can become frustrated or, and obviously you don't want people to be frustrated when they're playing a game. You don't want them to feel forced into playing, into playing a game that they don't want to, but you just, yeah, get, you just get to pick and choose. And I, um, I had an interaction with someone on Twitter last week about this saying, basically they were saying that they can't wait. They, they hope the DC penalty stays off forever. And I said I I would I would absolutely despise that because you are playing Dead by Daylight and knowing that you're setting up for a random killer, a random map, everything you're doing is random, even down to the gen spawns. If you're playing solo queue, down to your teammates is completely random. If you don't want to play a game with a whole bunch of randomness, then maybe Dead by Daylight just is not for uh, is not for you. Because like if if you disconnect everybody else in that game. It's pretty much just killer sided. The killer's gonna win. Um, like if you're one of those, just say you solo queue, your teammate disconnects. What are you gonna do? You don't really have a chance because it's it's a four versus one game. As soon as one player gets out of it, it's a three versus one, and the killer has a huge advantage in that situation. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I also think it's bad because if a killer is getting, I, I wrote destroyed, but even if a killer is not doing that well. They can just leave and then try and find an easier game, which again, we don't want to force people. Well, you don't want to force people as a game developer into a scenario or a game that they don't want to be in, but you also, people should be learning to get better at at killer or. Yeah. um, You you don't want to encourage people to disconnect and find an easier game. That's not, that's not healthy. You should just keep trying. You never know. DVD is one of those games that 
if things start to go your way, you can honestly win as killer and survivor. Oh, yeah, um, we definitely know stream streaming the game. We definitely know we've had some crazy comebacks and yeah, um, just absolutely insane experiences where you think you're out of it and a survivor does DC right at the start of the game, and then you bring it back three people and you end up bring you know bring back this amazing victory. So, uh, apart sadly, it can create you know more interesting things for us as streamers, <laughs> but uh, you know it ruins the. The majority of people it ruins their game the last thing that i'll kind of touch on as well is i believe it allows for that favorite where everyone has toxic or toxicity uh it allows for more toxic gameplay uh because people can basically do whatever they want and then just leave without any uh repercussions and they can just go straight into another game and a bully and uh abuse or you know do, you know abuse is the wrong word but bully basically bully a killer uh, or you know, hide for twenty minutes and waste the killer's time, and then just DC out of the game. Obviously, the killer can do it as well, but you know, there are people that have uh, that have you know the standard and understand the game they're playing and refuse to DC. I don't DC out of games, even with no DC penalty. Uh, it's great if my computer crashes or my game crashes because then I don't have a penalty. But uh, I think that they should just work on a way to. Uh, implement a system that can detect if you have force quit your game or you know if it's by accident probably yes. easier said than done <laughs> but <laughs> yep. yeah it's it's just it's become quite frustrating especially uh, doing that blood point challenge it was just you know it basically ruined any chances i had of that game to try and get a lot of blood points um during a, a timed you know challenge that i was doing and um it was quite frustrating another thing that you ran into based on i guess like game time and this doesn't really have anything to do with dcing but um you had a game where survivors just weren't doing anything in the game talk you were suggesting potentially a game timer yeah so i had a game during the week where i had i was playing pretty well i got i was two kills down and then there was two i think it was like two gens left and two survivors left and they just decided to hide for for the rest of the game. So I was searching around for probably like five or ten minutes trying to find them. And I couldn't find them. And they weren't do they weren't advancing the game at all. So I'd love to see like a game timer, like 15 or 20 minutes long. If survivors don't don't escape during that time, the game just ends. And they, survivors all get sacrificed. Because that'll prevent um, the game just not ending. And because you need the game to end. Yep. Um, I could like to see like a game timer implemented into into DBD. Yep, I agree. Because yeah, moments like that, I, you showed me the VOD before the uh, before we started recording, and just watching you run, walk around for literally fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and having to try and find the the survivors. Yeah, because I was I was going for my crown as well for Trapper. I was going for my crown, and I couldn't disconnect because you, you, I'll lose the crown. Plus, you lose all your blood points and you don't get anything out of it. So, um, Plus, we actually don't know whether behavior are tracking disconnects as well. We pretend there is potential that behavior is tracking disconnects of survivors over this time with the DC penalty off, and they are gonna in, they are going to be enforcing, you know, bans or suspensions for people that have been just constantly DCing every game because it is. It is a, an issue. Um, it, it is, is a reportable issue. offense. Like you can report someone at the end of the game for uh, 
for rage quit for rage quitting or uh, however they phrase it in their reporting so it'll be interesting to see if if there are any repercussions or if it does come back i do sincerely hope that it comes back but i'm not gonna stop playing if it doesn't we did have a couple of other like really quite small things or maybe that could probably lead on to bigger things to, to chat about did you want to leave them for next time quixie and did you want to just go over the shrine and then wrap it up okay so the shrine was daily during the i think it was the first two weeks of the event so now it's gone back to weekly weekly shrine so this week we have for the killer side we've got lightborn and overcharge um so lightborn is, is a hillbilly perk and it pretty much prevents you from getting blinded by flashlights so if if flashlights is an issue for you Chuck this perk on. You don't have to worry about where the survivors are when you pick somebody up. So not a bad perk. It is free for Hillbilly, and Hillbilly's a free character. So um, I probably wouldn't recommend grabbing this, given that you can get it for free. Uh, Overcharge is on Doctor, one of Doctor's perks. Um, so when you kick a generator, the, the skill check is smaller, so it's pretty hard to hit. And if you miss a skill check, there's an additional... Progression loss, of, progression loss of 5%. So combine this with Madness on Doctor, T3 Madness, getting like reverse skill checks, it, it can be pretty nasty to to face. Yeah, yeah, Huntress Lullaby, throw that in there. Yeah. So out of those two, I'd probably pick Overcharge, given that Doctor is a killer that you have to purchase. So if you were to get one of those perks, I'd pick Overcharge. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, again... The uh, shrine is not super super great this week. The um, the two survivor perks are Ace in the Hole and Breakout. Uh, I'm not <clears throat> actually too sure on the stats of Ace in the Hole, so maybe I'll get, get you to explain that one. But Breakout uh, essentially makes the uh, the survivor that um, is being carried. If you're running within uh, a certain uh, distance, like meter meterage of them, uh, their wiggle bar will increase. In speed so they'll wiggle off faster essentially so uh, a lot of people there was a sabo like a sabotage uh tome and there's also a sabotage daily as well like the sabotage hooks so um people will often you know pull out a metal of man build with sabotaging in it with a toolbox or saboteur and then add breakout to that so you can take a hit sabo the hook and then also the person's wiggling off faster as well um, sometimes just even running next to the killer is, and if the hook is quite far away, is enough to um, actually make the um, the killer drop the survivor. I think this is quite a fun perk. So if you don't have Yui, I would grab this. It's fun to play in a Swift when you know the perks that your other friends are bringing. If you're all uh, bringing, I don't think it stacks, um, but if you all have it, then it can be pretty fun. Uh, it's not. You're not going to find a huge use out of it every game. But uh, yeah, if you've got some shards lying around and you're wondering what to spend them on, I mean, potentially even grabbing Yui as a character is great. But if you've only got a couple of thousand, um, I would suggest potentially getting Breakout. We also have Ace in the Hole. As I said, is a, an Ace perk. So it actually gives you at, uh, at Tier 3, it gives you a 100% chance for an add-on of very rare rarity or lower. So basically what this does is normally when you when you uh, plunder an item from a chest, you get uh, you just get an item with nothing on it. With the uh, the new well sorry, with Ace in the hole, uh, 
you basically get an add-on that's put onto that uh, item. So with a flashlight, you can get extra battery or you know an odd bulb to make the, the light brighter, uh, faster, that kind of thing. Or with a med kit, you can get extended uses or faster healing or uh, anything like that. Toolbox, you can get um, some pretty um, pretty cool add-ons as well. You know, extra charges or um, you know repair speed, something like that. So if you are someone that likes to go through chests, I would probably say Ace in the Hole is a uh, a good perk to to grab. But um, again, it's not going to be super meta for you to run. Uh, Ace as uh, a whole, as a character, is a pretty lucky guy. So he's got some perks that kind of interact with the, the luck in terms of, um, you know, gaining extra luck per survivor that's left alive or um, something like that. So, yeah, I'd say, again, if you've got some spare points, uh, some spare shards, sorry, just maybe grab that. But it's not going to be one that you're that you're probably going to jump at. Maybe save your shards for next week. The shrine will be uh, will be changing uh, next week, so maybe maybe it's um, good to hold on to the the points, or maybe save them and unlock another survivor. That'll uh, that'll do us for this week, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for listening along. If you made it this far, again, give yourself a round of applause. Wave to the person that's in the car next to you. Uh, tell them what podcast you're listening to and uh, tell them to look us up. <laughs> uh, we appreciate we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, thank you for uh, accepting that we have had some breaks uh, in the podcast recording. We are uh, aiming to be um, consistent going forward. Uh, we have some different things lined up. You might hear myself and some people. You might hear Quixie and some people. We're going to try and keep it as much together as possible. But if there's a chance that we can you know, I can record something and Quixie's not available, then I'll get someone in to chat to me, vice versa, Quixie, if he finds someone uh, to chat to and I'm not available, then um, you might find that. So either way, you'll be getting a bunch of stuff to listen to and uh, we appreciate all the all the uh, plays and listens. Um, there's been so much uh, good feedback for, for both of us on there. Uh, make sure to come and check out our Twitch streams as well. Uh, mine is Deeks93, and we have Easy Quicks with a Q. Quicks with a Q. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Quixie, any final words you want to say uh, and uh, send us off? Glad to be back. Can't wait to record some more episodes in the future, especially with the new killer coming out in about two months or whenever it's coming out. Um, yeah, great to be back, mate. Great to have a chat with you. And I hope you guys all enjoyed us being back. Yeah, it was great to, honestly, it was great to have you. And um, I look forward to, to chatting um, in the coming weeks. So make sure you take care of yourself, everybody. Take care of yourself, Quixie, and um, enjoy your games in the fog. Take care, everyone. <laughs>